Is the packaging in your supermarket out of control? One person can prevent a significant amount of packaging from going to landfill every year. I cared about the environment, but I wasn't living that way, so I decided to go zero waste. Here's the thing. Zero waste is not a new concept. It has deep roots in communities of color around the world. Communities that have an intrinsic value system with taking care of one another, taking care of the earth, and understanding that reciprocity. It may very well be that the best known zero wasters are millennial white women that happen to pay a lot of money to live minimally, but we are here to flip the script especially because it perpetuates cultural appropriation and also means that Black, Indigenous, and people of color are not being honored for their everyday lifestyle and cultural traditions. In this episode, you'll hear from two entrepreneurs that are continuing a story that has always been here and explain why accessibility needs to be the norm, not the exception. I'm your host, Shilpi Chotre, and this is People Over Plastic. I met Zuleika Strasner in 2019 at a plastic-free holiday market in San Francisco. In a little over two years, she's raised $4.7 million brick by brick to scale her zero-waste vision. An online grocery store called Zero, where you can get all sorts of plastic-free products, from tomato sauce to skincare. And here's her story. We knew that there was a big, big consumer demand, but how do you create the supply chain in this country that fuels plastic-free consumption for everyday Americans in this country? And that really was the missing piece for me. I'm seeing things on Instagram and I'm seeing things on social media and I'm like, look, like a lot of these women don't look like me. They're not living a life that looks like my life. I'm a pretty minimal person, but I'm not really living this like very Puritan life that I'm seeing on social media and I'm... When I went zero waste initially, it was terrible. Like I can't find anything I want. I can't find the ingredients I want. I'm busy. I have laundry piling up. I have things to do. I'm lazy. I want stuff now. Like I'm a, I consider myself a very normal American consumer in many, many ways. And I wasn't an environmentalist. And I started this whole endeavor to build technology for the supply chain. I want to know why you took that direction. Why was it important for you to reach the everyday person? I grew up in between East and North London. My family, we didn't grow up with very much. We couldn't afford organic chicken every night of the week and organic vegetables all the time. We had a, a very joyful but tough upbringing. And so I understood the struggles that we had in our community. I understood the type of upbringing I had and many inner city school kids have in a city like London or New York or, or, or San Francisco. And then kind of fast forward, when the zero waste movement really was taking off in 2016, 2017, then really it was, okay, how do we basically become like this new platform for anything and everything, next day, maybe same day delivery. Today it's next day delivery. Because you have to compete with things like Amazon. So you have to think about the convenience. Yeah, Amazon meets Amazon Green, Amazon meets Amazon Fresh for everyday stuff. Thousands and thousands of SKUs, but plastic free. Every time you place an order, you have a bag of empties ready to give back and we just simply switch them out. And this is, the, the container would be left at the doorstep and get picked up? At the doorstep. So it's one in, one out. 
So every week we bring the new bag, we take the old bag. So there's always a switch that happens. And that bag of empties that is coming back is simply getting sanitized. It goes through commercial grade dishwashers in a, now a very large facility. It gets palletized and it gets sent back. So milk will go back to the original milk producer ready for them to refill. I love especially that you're focusing on even chips and things that you wouldn't normally see in glass jars because those are actually very problematic types of packaging that absolutely cannot be recycled. So you're taking a lot of the most low value packaging and making sense of it by making them reusable. So it's it's really, really genius, actually. And the naysayers then were like, oh, the chips are not going to be fresh. Oh, it's not going to be the same experience. Oh, it's not. I mean, you've eaten chips from me out of a jar. How are they? I mean, I love it. I feel super classy. What was your approach with your vendors? And so I would talk to manufacturers and I would talk to vendors and I would say, listen, I'm going to build you technology. I'm going to help you to actually create zero waste versions of your product for the very first time. Chips, granola, all the things I couldn't get. I'm saying, guys, I'll help you create the zero waste versions somehow, right? Let's focus on this like milk woman, milk man like system. And I had to grapple with how much do I want to do this? How much do I want to be the store as well as the supply? And what does that look like? Just like modern zero-wasters don't cater to diverse communities, Zuleika noticed their ingredients are not diverse either. Being specific to people's diets is important to me. Being at the table, whether you're a Jewish family uh, celebrating Hanukkah, whether you're um, going through Ramadan and Eid, whether you're you know you know you're an Indian family cooking South you know South South Asian foods, I want to carry a lot of those foods. I want to enable those communities to have one place to be able to buy a lot of their products and buy them sustainably. And I always cry against this charge that we are for the bougie rich exactly it's actually low-income families in this country that connect to our mission the most families in the gulf of this country that are experiencing huge environmental degradation who actually are the ones that understand farm to table practices the the best yes right the most that are the most excited about my mission and are actually on board so this cry that this is a product that is made for a very particular type of american or person is just wrong Soon we'll start accepting uh, EBT. We're not quite there yet. We're building out some of the technology to enable that as well. The localized model is brilliant too, because I think you're right. The, the less we get away from the globalization and shipping goods around the world, I mean, it's insane we can order something from China and it's here within 48 hours. There's nothing like it. And how are we going to get the jars and containers back? So here we go. Bar being the producer, bar making the granola, bar making the chocolate, farming the carrot. Bar doing that, we do everything else. So our technology starts at the point where the product has been created. We keep everything in-house. We don't use any third parties. We build all of the technology ourselves. And technology is the reason we're winning because we're so fast. We're so quick to know and to tell our manufacturers, who've been kept in the dark, by the way, by retailers for many, many years, on what's selling, when it's selling, when they should farm, when they should pack their granola, when they should roast their granola, when they should send their granola. You have such an entrepreneurial spirit. Why did you pick plastic as an issue to tackle? I mean, what was like your light bulb moment on plastic? When did it all start? I went on a honeymoon to the Corn Islands with my then husband. 
the corn islands are part of Nicaragua. They're two, they're very small, big corn and little corn. Little corn has a population of a thousand people, former British colony, um, English speaking, kind of, you know, black population who I had a lot in common with actually, speaking to them, spending time with them and very quickly realizing, hmm, all of this plastic that is washing up on these shores and they were inundated with plastic cannot be being produced by these people. And of course, when you pick it up and you look at it, it's like Chinese, it's Brazilian, it's anything but from little corn. I just was astounded. I was just deeply, deeply shocked that I love things where I see an opportunity. Silicon Valley, the home of the California tech industry, has long been criticized for its lack of diversity. Almost two years after major companies led by Google and Intel started to publicize their diversity numbers, the ethnic and gender makeup of the industry's workforce remains almost the same. Zuleika's not only the CEO of Zero, she's also black, trans, and an immigrant. Did you know she was told no over 250 times when she was fundraising? You are not the typical Silicon Valley profile. Is there a reason people kept saying no because your profile doesn't match, you know, the cis white guy? A lot of it's just pattern matching and I just don't match the pattern. You know, I went to Oxford, I have a good degree. I worked in venture for a little bit. So in my mind, I thought, mm, how hard can this be, right? Like I have a pretty good network. I know people. I have experience in venture. I have experience in tech. I think they were just looking and thinking, I like this woman. <laughs> she's a little wild and she's scrappy and she's clearly a rough diamond, but she's just not it. Like she just doesn't, I just don't buy it. They just were not trusting unconsciously or consciously what I was saying or believing that I could successfully pull this off, run this company, scale this company and be the CEO and founder that they are expected to see. And the pattern right now says, if you have usually a male, usually white, drop out from, uh, from Stanford in his 20s. Yeah, like a coder, an engineer. It's like instant dollar signs. I'm not mad at that pattern because that's the pattern that has produced results. But that's because that's what we've invested in historically. The more we have entrepreneurs like you that are able to make it and show the scalable models and the benefits of to something like zero waste, which is not just good for investment dollars, it's great for the planet, the more we can build a more inclusive and accessible society. You can't retrofit this stuff. I always say you can't retrofit diversity, you can't retrofit environmentalism. It has to be baked in from the very beginning. I don't care about your side fund. I don't care about your side diversity fund. I don't want money from your diversity fund. I want money from your main fund. Like everybody else gets money from your main fund. We are a $1 billion fund, but we have a diversity fund and it's all of $37. <laughs> and you can have all of three. I mean, there's something to be said. A lot of what you're talking about is you want these folks on your team to bring in their lived experiences to, to your work and to have honest discourse about it. When I opened up a program to enable those with a background or a history that made them unable to gain employment, usually from being within our prison systems, I did that very, very purposefully because I wanted them working in my warehouses and I wanted them to have an entry point. I had some folks that hadn't held a job for a decade and the labor population we have in this country that is unable to work because we have said that their experiences are not viable is ginormous. 
there's a huge population of people in this country who often black and brown who are criminalized and they're still living with the ramifications of of what's on their records and the trauma of having been through all of that and we're not hiring those people because we don't view their experiences as being valid i regard their experiences as being valid because there's some really smart tenacious gritty people untapped what i find is so powerful is your work isn't socially conscious just in the external world you're really building it from within and i think that's so powerful i want to know what success is going to look like for you i have a feeling you're just getting started I tell people, don't start anything for money. Don't think about money. Don't, I'm actually not that. Money is not a big motivator for me. And I also think like I've come from the poorest of the poor and being poor doesn't scare me ever. And that's also part of, I think, why I was able to really, really break out and have no fear. Fear is one of the biggest kind of crippling things for many, many people to be able to actually try something or do something. But the success for me is really being a household name. Plastics are being used to such an extent throughout the world that we may well ask what was used before its discovery. We've lost a lot of techniques in society. We came from a... We, we are people who used to cure, salt, dry, age many of our products to preserve them. And zero waste and zero waste-ism is actually a big, big indigenous practice. Living in harmony with your earth and not destroying your earth is as old as humanity itself. It is not something that was invented on Instagram by three women in 2017. <laughs> this is another thing that people have to, have to, have to understand. I worry a lot that as, yeah, our generation and younger generations, are, are, we mustn't lose the techniques that we've learned. Trying to live autarkically as much as possible as a nation away from globalization, which is the reliance on oil. Plastic is oil. What it comes down to is that the oil industry has to please Mrs. Martin and millions just like her. Already today, she's used some 87 petroleum products, including the plastic bacon wrapper and the wax of the milk cotton. Next, I'm talking to Ritesh Andre, whose great-grandfather founded the famous Thabawala's Network in Mumbai, India. It's a 130-year-old food delivery system that is known to be the best in the world. You've heard of them, right? I just want to see it, like, for myself. I want to tiffin. I want to be the woman that cooks it in the morning and hands over the tiffin. I want to experience the full thing. And I think humans are so ingenious. Like, it's just incredible to me that this system exists. And we've actually never been able to replicate what they do anywhere else in the world. I was raised in an Indian household and spoiled with fresh hot food every day. It was about enjoying my mom's cooking and also saving money. What was in your tiffin today? Like, what did you have for lunch? Today I ate uh, chapatis rotis, Indian bread, like so chapati and normally dry vegetable. You know about it, right? I do, I do. Yeah, that sounds so delicious. If you visit Mumbai, you are bound to notice the Dabbawalas. You may not realize this, but the Dabbawalas are a very important part of life in Mumbai. They are the ones who make sure that nearly 200,000 people get their lunch in time at their offices or schools every day from home. What does Dabbawala mean? 
So in Hindi especially, dabba means a lunch box and wala means a person who carries this lunch box. We are collecting the lunch box from the homes because we we are Indian and we like home cooked food. Describe Mumbai a little bit because maybe people would want to know why do you need someone to deliver your lunchbox why can't they just take it to the office by themselves mumbai is a very small city and in this small city more than 30 million people are living right and in this crowded people the corporate people they can't carry their lunchbox Mumbai local train is the backbone of Mumbai cars. In one compartment, more than thousand people they are boarding within the ten to fifteen seconds. Can you imagine? I can't imagine. The atmosphere of the Mumbai is very hot. In this hotness, the people get frustrated. So because of that, they don't want to carry the weight with them. The lunch boxes itself. Talk to me about the material and the the tiffin. Um, there is no plastic in this entire system. Yeah, only we are using the stainless steel. So we mostly we use the two lunch box for the one customer. Oh, our our target is to no using plastic, no paper, and no yeah, internet in the system. Yeah, so no radiation, no pollution. You have such an unique relationship to this network your great grandfather started this i think it was 1890 right can you talk to me about your your connection to this and sort of the the history with your great grandfather we mumbai dabawalas has started in 1890 before 130 years back on that time india was not independent the british people was uh, ruling the india so on that time our founder my great grandfather mr madhu hauji bachche he was working with the parsi peoples let me tell you about ritesh's background what's important to know is there's a caste system at play here ritesh's great grandfather was working as an office boy for a parsi banker in terms of the social hierarchy in india the parsi are from a higher caste and the dabawalers are generally from a lower caste and they have a reputation to be trusted by the parsi one of the parsi bankers said to our founder sir can you please deliver my lunch box to me at my office because i am getting late uh, to reach the office and still my lunch is not ready our founder said why not i can deliver your lunch box and he start with this one opportunity we can say one customer one lunch box and today we have more than 500 5000 employees in our the system and we are delivering more than 200,000 lunch box every day it means we are doing 400,000 transaction per day so how does one become a dabawala we gives five days training so we never take any type of group discussion no interview no test and in this training we just check the quality of dabawalas because it's very important in the first two days we just give the knowledge about the coding system and supply chain how it's working actually and on third day we flat the tire of the cycle we puncture the cycle we want to check how he collect 40 lunch box no with nonsense. the flat tire yeah that's that's interesting 
In about four hours, the Dabawalas efficiently deliver home-cooked meals to people at work without using any technology. A vital part of meeting their mission, delivering on time, is a coding system. The tiffin lids are labeled with letters, numbers, and symbols indicating where they need to be delivered to, who's delivering them, and the homes they come from. Did someone in your family create the coding system? Yeah, my grand-grandfather, he was come up with this concept because Mumbai was divided into the seven islands. So he would use the colors for to identification of two islands. I want to shift gears a bit, Ritesh, since India has really been ground zero in the face of COVID, not to mention a several-month national lockdown. How did you manage? In this pandemic, our Dabaolas, they lost their jobs. Now only 200 Dabaolas are working. Before the COVID, we were providing only delivery services, right? But now we can diversify this business. Uh, We are going to start the central kitchen in Mumbai. So we can give the healthy food to our customer. So we are not going to use this plastic. Uh, Still, we are not using any mobile phone because all the Dabaolas are connected through the coding system and supply chain. Will the rest of the Dabawalas be able to come back and work in the central kitchen? In 2026, we will have more than the 10,000 Dabawalas. So you're working more at the business level now that this system has been successful for 130 years. You're, you're, you're sort of looking at it, how can we evolve this, like this community kitchen? Yeah, since three years, uh, we are working on the different, different projects. We have started to deliver the vegetables, juice, then parcels. Are these plastic-free deliveries? Yeah, we, we never use any wow. type of plastics uh, for them. Okay. So we use the cloth bag to carry the, yes. uh, carry the materials. And this cloth bag, we tie, uh, we tie on the cycles and we deliver it. You've been doing this for a century and the rest of the world is just catching up on zero-waste solutions, being plastic-free, reusables... Um, Can you see this model being scaled as a zero-waste solution in other Indian cities? And you as a young burgeoning entrepreneur, I'm sure you're thinking about this. Yeah, our next step is to expand the service in other cities. So we're mostly going to target the Pune, then Bangalore, then Delhi. Same concept, but in that cities, we cannot use the local train because there is many connections. So in that place, we will use the e-scooter. We are not moving to the petrol uh, petrol consumption vehicle. What happens when more women are the ones in the office and they're not at home making the lunches and the meals? Five years ago, the wives of Dabawalas, they come together and they have started the central kitchen uh, at the different, different area. So the single people, they are also ordering the food from the Dabawalas. So you're not only, you know, updating your model with tech advancements, but also socioeconomic realities and also social norms with more women entering the workplace. These systems are happening um, all over the world. And why I I really wanted you to come on, on the show is talk about how this ancient system has evolved and has scaled over time and and continues to evolve and advance, but really centering that workforce and and making sure um, there's a lot of integrity in the process. So thank you so much, Dhanyabad Ritesh, for coming. Yeah, thank you so much. Namaskar. Yeah, namaskar. Thank you. Thank you so much. Zuleika's company Zero, which is headquartered in San Francisco, California, 
inspired me to share a recent policy win in the great Golden State. Just last month, the governor signed several bills to tackle plastic pollution head-on. These include proper labeling when it comes to plastic that isn't getting recycled, naming plastic as disposal instead of recycling if it's getting shipped overseas, creating reusability programs for glass bottles, and ensuring customers at restaurants only use plastic utensils when they need it. Way to go, California. I look forward to sharing another U.S. policy win in the next episode. And that's our show. You can discover more about entrepreneurs Zuleika Strasner and Ritesh Andre in the show notes. Don't forget to subscribe and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at PeopleXPlastic. Thanks for listening and see you next time.